Welcome everyone to season four. Pew, 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 pew. Wow, wow. ABTTG. Here we are. We made it. New intro. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Got a shout out to the country bears on there. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't alienate anybody. <laughs> Why would it alienate someone? <laughs> you know, there are people who hate the country bears. <laughs> well, they can stop listening. <laughs> no! <laughs> Before we start into this episode, though, it is a new year and Film Club has come back, though we are doing something a little bit different. If you listen to the Spirited Away episode, you will have already gotten a heads up to this. This year, we don't have a hidden theme that you have to find. Instead, we're telling you right out of the gate. We are doing Decade Jump, so every film will be coming from a year ending in seven and it'll be chronological, so... For January, we have two films coming from 1907. That is because they are both like under 10 minutes. So it's definitely a different film than you are normally expecting, I would say. But we are just going to be tracing the development of film over time and just how different stories are told and why that's that matters. And just, I don't know, we're, we're seeing how film progresses within 10 years spans. So... I'm really excited to talk about it. I think it'll be really interesting. But the films for January are... So they're both from 1907. They are both available on YouTube. Um, Haunted Hotel and The Eclipse, The Courtship of the Moon, of the Sun and Moon. That is getting Haunted Hotel is the first one. And the second one is The Eclipse, The Courtship of the Sun and Moon. So go ahead and give those a watch. There'll be a place to submit your review, as always, but I think as we talk about them, there might be more technical speech, especially on these early episodes and more historical, like, film history stuff. It's going to be different than what you're used to, but I'm excited. I freaking love The Haunted Hotel, so really excited to see everyone's reactions to these. Anyway, we... (laughs) I'm so sorry. I, like, couldn't fully commit to the bit. Uh, Starting off strong. So... We are doing a look back at the films we watched in 2023, but a little bit differently. We are going to be handing out awards pre-Oscar season, baby. We are uh, the new Oscars. Yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. So we're going to be talking about films that came out in 2023 that we saw, but also if we saw new films, as well as if there were any rewatches that we did that are particularly notable. We have, maybe I think, like 15 to 16 different categories. So we'll give our nominations and then explain the winner and probably talk a little bit more about the winners. But anyway, we'll just see running time. But um, I put on my list to think about what my what my statuette would look like and I completely forgot to come up with mm-hmm. it so do you have yours at the ready what are you handing out this year E.T. oh is it just of E.T.? yeah do you want to see an example <laughs> yes we'll have to to give him an audio description oh <laughs> he's got his arms just down by his side but palms hey. facing up Christus esque. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> Another reason. 
the ET goes to. For me, I think I think I am going to have to hand out a Phantom. He was a very important part of 2023. I always listen to Phantom of the Opera, of course, dressed up as him, but a Phantom Manor. So lots of Phantoms hanging out with me in 2023. Did you read the book this year? Unfortunately, no. I read Last it. Last year? No, I think I read it when I was barely in college or even still in high school. Oh, no, I couldn't have been. Time ago. It was a while ago. I should reread it. I think I was in college, actually. I just think it's going to be a cloaked figure with, with the hat, of course. We'll keep it vague, whether it's Phantom of the Opera, so there won't be a mask or whether it's just Phantom, but there'll be a, like a, a Phantom in general. Yeah, there'll be a nice cape swoosh, like mid-action, like the, the cape is flowing out. <gasps> I love capes. <laughs> So our first category of the night is the funniest film that we saw this year. So what, Lauren, what were your nominees? My nominees are The Third Man, um, To Be or Not To Be, Barbie, Secret Zoo, Tokyo Godfathers, and then a shout out to Arsenic and Old Lace, which was a rewatch. Oh. <laughs> I think that's the one I laughed the hardest. <laughs> really? It just, uh, I was in the right mood for that to just tickle me. <laughs> I'm so glad. The Third Man is from 1949, starring Orson Welles. Um, it's kind of like a film noir, almost. But for, it's just hilarious, so I would recommend that. To Be or Not To Be is also an older film about, like, World War II. That one's also very funny. Secret Zoo is a Korean film about... This Korean zoo that they they don't have any more animals, so they dress up like the actual zookeepers dress up as the animals and pretend to be the animals. And I'll talk about Tokyo Godfathers later. But okay. they're all very funny, I would recommend. My nominations were Bill Cunningham, New York, which I don't know is necessarily the funniest, but I just wanted to put it somewhere. But I, I feel <laughs> like I it made me chuckle quite a bit. I also put One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest just because I feel like, I don't know. Again, maybe this was just my default category of these films didn't fit <laughs> under any other category, but I wanted to nominate them for something. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Not very many nominees in this category for me. Who's getting the E.T.? I think that Barbie is going to win it because okay. I did shed two tears from laughing. Really? Um, the part when, um, and just the whole thing. I was laughing the whole time. It's just so funny. Ryan Gosling is so funny. But when... It, she brings the two humans to Barbie land and then Will Ferrell is like, there's going to be serious repercussions. Like, just think of the weirdest thing you could possibly think of. And that's what's going to happen. And then his two little people that work for him are like, a podcast hosted by two wise trees? And the next guy says, a choir of a thousand fathers? And I don't know why, I just, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I don't even remember that part. Oh my gosh. I should watch Barbie again. So, so funny. Oh my gosh. The the Phantom goes to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, mostly because of Hobie. That's his name, right? I loved him. The Indian one? No, the British oh, one. Oh, the British guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite. He was cracking me up. Okay, the next category is funny, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> okay, so my nominees were Babes in Toyland from the 1950s, Child's Play, which is uh, the Chucky. Chucky. Werewolf in London, and Encounter with the Unknown. And most of these are just like Child's Play maybe being the exception because I think it's actually supposed to be more of a comedy than a scary movie, but I ended up just not really liking it at all. Like all the scary parts were just laughable for me. 
And the others are just like, they're trying to be really serious or like taken very seriously. Babes in Toyland, they like sing about lemonade while they're getting married. It's like, at the end of it, it feels like the red link where it's like, go to the boys home. <laughs> it's like, and have a, have a glass of lemonade. Like that's literally the last line of the song. And yeah, Werewolf of L- in London just takes some uh, wacky turns and encounter with the unknown. I think we talked about it a lot in our cinema recap so oh yeah i only have encounters with the unknown and then silent night deadly night part two <laughs> which i don't want to talk about because i hated it so oh, oh no is that the one that has um stranger things guy i don't think so okay i didn't recognize any of the people in it it's very isn't it like santa and gore and stuff well, it's from 1987. Oh, okay. Never mind. And the main guy, the way he acts is with his eyebrows. He's like... <laughs> um, and there's one part that apparently is famous on TikTok where he's going on a rampage and he's just walking through the street and it's <laughs> they're putting out their garbage to for the garbage truck and he just says, garbage day and then shoot somebody <laughs> what the world it's the worst worst <laughs> all right well the phantom goes to babes in toyland mostly just because my dad and i had a debate last year about which uh babes in toyland is the best and i am a staunch believer in the keanu reeves babes in toyland and it started out as kind of a joke conversation but then we both like actually got a little invested and it became a bit heated and so this year when he came to visit me I was like babes in toilet marathon let's go because I'd never seen that one and it had been a long time since he'd seen the Keanu Reeves one and when we watched it he was like this is pretty bad <laughs> so it's also just it's winning because the the noted victory it has some good moments for sure Edwin Ray Bulger but yeah it's it's a trip at at some point the um Jack Nimble character who's supposed to be like the the love interest sings this song to Mary quite contrary about how she's a toy for him and it's just like (laughs) (laughs) dislike dislike (laughs) not the right message (laughs) all right Um, my my et goes to encounters with the unknown yes we have discussed extensively but (laughs) it was just obviously not trying to be funny right Again, I shed two tears, so I have to give it the ET. It's a, it was a real close second for me, but I was hoping you'd pick it. <laughs> Witchcraft in America. All right, our next category is the most romantic film of 2023. I did watch a lot of rom-coms that I'd already seen before, but the ones that I had f- was the first time. I have Love, Rosie, and then Before Sunset. I'll say Before Sunrise, too. That's like a, a, a first movie, second movie. Yeah, one and two. And then P.S. I Love You. Oh, so good. All right. Mine were, you said you had so many, but I feel like there weren't that many nominations. Well, I, like I've watched their rewatches. Okay, okay. Like there's a, a lot that you, I see, I see. I did put down Crazy Rich Asians as well as The Little Mermaid because I I, I did appreciate their love the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen The Little Mermaid before this year. And then About Time. That's also. Oh, <laughs> that's the winner. <laughs> well, you'll see. All right. Okay. The ET. Wait, do I go first? Mm-hmm. I thought I went first last time. Oh, no, I didn't. The ET goes to Before Sunset. Oh, now tell me more about this because I don't know anything about it. 
So there's like, I think there's three parts. Um, it's, let me look up the director. So it's just a really famous, like it's one in the top IMDb 250. Richard Linklater um, has Ethan Hawke. Oh. It takes place in, well, I think the first one maybe takes place in Austria. Um, he's, they're on a train and they meet each other and just happen to spend the day in Austria together. Is and... Ethan Hawke the a romantic lead in this? Yeah. That and... is so <laughs> funny because I've only seen him in horror films. So I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know if I'd, in Before Sunrise, he has this really nasty goatee. Like, oh. you know, like a 90s, no, wait. Yeah, 1995, that like gross facial hair that was kind of popular then. Mm-hmm. Julie Dupuis is French. Mm-hmm. And so she's this really cute like French accent. She's really beautiful. But it's just very, the whole movie is just them talking, pretty mm. much. Um, just having conversations as they walk through Paris. And it's just very romantic seeing their exchanges. But my favorite is before, what did I say? I think you said before sunset, right? Before sunset, which is the second one. Which, spoiler alert, in the first one they separate and they have this deal to meet each other again somewhere mm. in a year. In the second one, you find out he went to look for her, but she wasn't there. Oof. And he's in Paris, and they run into each other, and then it's kind of a whole, they're, like, getting back. Or like, they spend another day together and just talk the whole time. But it is very romantic, and the last scene, I just loved it so much. So. Oh, Ethan Hawke is going to get a lot of representation on this year's nominee list, then. <laughs> <laughs> the Phantom goes to... About time. <laughs> <laughs> I truly already picked it, but I feel like you would actually murder me if I didn't pick about time. <laughs> no, I have qualms with the movie, but I was actually surprised at how much I loved it. And besides a lot of the like kind of interesting plot points, the relationship between him and his father, um, Bill Nye, but also mm-hmm. I love him and it's who's who is it Rachel McAdams? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Bill Weasley. How could I not pick him? <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it is like a really, really, I love their relationship and how it like progresses over time and it shows them throughout so many different stages of the relationship where, cause I feel like a lot of rom-coms are just like building up to getting together. So mm-hmm. very, very cute. I might buy that one. <gasps> oh. On DVD. <laughs> DVD. <laughs> <laughs> the next category is scariest. Ooh, how delightful. Okay. So my nominations were, surprisingly, I didn't put too many on here. So, and they're kind of obscure ones. Like, I think only one or two from my spooky series made it onto my scariest list. They show up in other places, but I do have The Man Who Laughs. I think it's from the 1920s or 30s. I think it's the 20s. But this is like the inspiration for the Joker character. And he's mm-hmm. actually like a lot more sympathetic in it. But man, it wasn't necessarily super scary, but I just was so impressed with this man's ability to smile so much during it. A Haunting in Venice, which wasn't like the best the best movie but the way that they did you ever go see that one no i haven't okay. even the death on the nile yeah don't see that one um this one was was a much improved from the previous two i would even say i think i liked it more than the murder on the orient express but maybe that's just because i love the original so much more but what was cool seeing it in a theater was they had these children noises because there's like a, a ghost of a child that's that's haunting them you know supposedly there were so many jump scares randomly <laughs> that i got like a little bit old but what i loved is the audio and the theater would like it was kind of like the phantom speaking of 
where like it would like Mm -hmm. move around you and so you'd like hear children laughing or you'd hear like footsteps and different (gasps) stuff and it was just like oh this is so delightful I love it I also put on Sinister Rachel made me watch this the Stid star Ethan Hawke and it it was like a little I I don't super love the movie but it like had some really really gruesome (laughs) moments so I had to put it on here and then possibly in Michigan which is a short film that is just so eerie (laughs) so it has a lot of like mannequins in it and stuff and oh no i'm never watching it i don't i would not recommend it it's like pretty pretty scary um i don't know if you've ever heard i think there's like a tiktok sound and that's the reason it would like show up on my youtube reels the reason that i ended up watching it of like (laughs) you probably don't these probably don't show up on your for you page because it's not for you (laughs) but not for me <laughs> it's just like some really creepy audio i feel like i should just find it because i if i try and impersonate it, it recreate it no um and you'll know pretty instantaneously if you've seen it or not or you've heard it oh it's so scary i forgot about the guy that's just always in the background smells great which one do you know this audio at all Smells like mother's crazy sister cage oh you think so yeah i do it's it's very very creepy <laughs> but it's like a an art film made in like somewhat like the college project but it's very oh. well done and very very scary so big fan spooky um my nominees are scream from mm. 19 whatever a- i think in either 80s or 90s 96 90s almost a birth year i still uh, haven't seen that one i need to watch it i really liked it so did Maddie. I gave it a lot of stars. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> <laughs> it just, the jump scares literally were making me scream. And I was like, it's so fun to watch these movies with you. And I was like, I'll always do this. <laughs> but maybe I do always do that. Um, Prisoners, which stars Hugh Jackman. Sorry. Jump and- scare. Scary <laughs> <laughs> already. Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's about his daughter gets kidnapped. Um, and it, at the end, <laughs> my Letterboxd review was like, I was so sweaty at the end. <laughs> and I think I was watching it and my roommate came home and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like the memes of just the sweat rolling down your face. <laughs> <laughs> or airplane. <laughs> yeah. And then Insomnia, which is starring Al Pacino and Robin Williams. It wasn't super scary, but it was right after we had watched all the rom-coms. So I said, like, after um, two months of watching straight rom-coms, this stressed me the heck out. (laughs) That's how I feel watching rom-coms. All right. The Phantom goes to possibly in Michigan. Um, It is just uncanny valley, visually, auditorially, like, so, so scary. That's not even a word, but it's so unsettling. And it is just the most unnerving thing you could ever watch. So I love it. I will not be watching. <laughs> I would not recommend. I, I will make you watch Us, but I won't make you watch Possibly in Michigan. <laughs> oh, worse than Us? I can't even. <laughs> it's just, it's different because it's a short film and it's just... It's I'm ugly. sure it will haunt me in my nightmares for two years. <laughs> the E.T. goes to Scream. Mm, very good. Ugh. Maybe I'll have to, well, we'll have to see because now my next spooky series, I'll be back in Utah. So maybe 
You should come watch it with me and Maddie. Should I pick that one? Okay. All right. The next category is worst film that we watched in 2023. Oh, I watched a lot of really bad films. <laughs> My cousin has movie nights where he thinks it's funny to watch bad movies. I think he's trying to find like hidden gems, you know, mm-hmm. or like he genuinely appreciates certain aspects of these bad movies. Yeah. Well, so and he- sometimes they're fun to watch and make fun of. I, I get yeah. it. So I only picked two nominees. The first one is called Invasion USA, which stars Chuck Norris. Say less. <laughs> Say less. The second one is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is I which, also from the 90s, but that title alone should give you an idea. I think has been referenced on this podcast in a game, but maybe I think it was an option for a like so just it, it was film? like, yeah, yes, that's what it was. B film plot. From 1998. I put a lot on here, which I don't know that I agree with all of them necessarily, but I did put 27 Dresses on here. I think that was maybe one of my least favorites that we watched for rom-coms. I also put on Alfie. James Marden. Okay. Marsden. I was going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, Alfie. Love you. <laughs> Michael Caine. But Michael. that was an interesting film. Intolerance. I did put on Shadow of the Vampire, mostly because I think the expectations were so high and then it just was kind of a disappointment. A Man Called Otto. So much dislike for that film. Ugh, just so cringy. Then Vampire in the Family, which is one that I had to watch just barely to get to my resolution of watching 23 films from 2023. It was like this Portuguese film about a vampire in the family, but it just... Wasn't good. Was It was a comedy and it just, meh, it was okay. But Encounter with the Unknown is also one of the nominations for this year. My E.T. goes to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Wow. I just, I literally felt sick watching the whole movie because just like the clowns are so ugly looking and it's like 80s graphics and I hate clowns anyways. And they just, it's just so disgusting. And there are some funny parts. Like they make a little um, balloon dog and then the, the balloon dog is like chasing after people. <laughs> it's <laughs> but actually we watched the night before my birthday and then i opened deb's birthday card and it had a blue balloon dog on the front and i was like ah. <laughs> triggered <laughs> but luckily that was my favorite part oh good but i just just the way it made me feel it had to be the worst and i didn't find any other redeeming qualities like the plot was so crazy and there's so many continuity errors and just <laughs> oh and i'm pretty sure dog died so oh that's minus a half star <laughs> Invasion USA, actually, there was an adorable little armadillo at the beginning, and Chuck Norris, like, smiles at it. (laughs) And then the house explodes, but they took the time to show the armadillo escaping. Oh. gave it some some kudos from you. Yeah, saves it. Oh my gosh, not the smile. The smile. Oh my, I'll have to send you a clip because he's so (laughs) sweet looking at his armadillo. Uh, Okay, the phantom goes to... Encounter with the Unknown, mostly because I picked this because I knew Rod Serling had a hand in it and I was so excited and then it was literally one of the worst films we've ever seen, mostly because it ended up only being like probably 30 minutes of footage that they stretched into two hours just by playing over and over and over again and... Yeah, they were very, like, the acting was so bad. One by land, two by... <laughs> Supernatural mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's it's tur- definitely turned into a funny memory more than anything, but not I much I think love. I didn't nominate it because I had already, had already, already won other. Oh, so. yes. All right. Um, the next category is biggest surprise. My nominations are Puss in Boots, 
I don't remember what the subtitle is, but the the one the that came out. Wish. Yes, the last wish. Them exclamation point, which is the 1950s one about ants. The Exorcist, um, and Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I guess I should explain why they were big surprises. Puss in Boots. I watched on the plane. I can't remember. I don't think it was coming to France. It might have been. It was a plane ride somewhere, and I just was shocked at how incredible the animation was, and the story, and how freaking scary the wolf is that is death. Do like, you mean hot? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot recover. <laughs> I was so attracted to that ah! wolf. I was like, am I a furry? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I, I get it. I do. Like, yeah, he's a very good villain. But there were definitely things about it that weren't perfect or that felt very, like, not my favorite DreamWorks-y type jokes. But I just was shocked at the message of the storyline, the character development, like, very, very good. Then I think I went into it being like, this is going to be a goofy movie about ants. But then it actually like had some pretty quality. Uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> goofy movie about ants. <laughs> um, like I was imagining some sort of like computer animated film. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but no, it's the one with like, you've probably seen it, the giant ants and they're like attacking them, you know, like footage. It. I think it started the let's be afraid of giant insects and that whole trend mm -hmm. of filmmaking mm -hmm. but like it actually had a pretty quality plot and some decent acting and the the special effects were pretty impressive so it actually ended up being better than i thought the exorcist has been on my list for a long time and we finally watched it this year and i think it was a surprise at how much i'd already seen of it and that mm -hmm. it, i wasn't as scared or put off by it as expected and i just think it was so funny how we just like loved the characters so much and we dressed up as them for halloween <laughs> so oh father married my bestie bestie <laughs> um and then Twenty Thousand leagues was kind of watched again with george as a bit of a joke because we went to jules verne's house and he was like yeah let's go in and i was like uh, but neither of us love red jules verne like there's no reason for us to go into this house and so i was like okay i guess we're gonna watch it and it wasn't the most incredible but like whoo wee james mason but he's the villain in north by northwest oh he plays captain nemo and he is quite wonderful um and i actually ended up enjoying it more than i thought i would so would recommend <laughs> see it's too similar to everything <laughs> anyway big fan and of course uh peter laurie is in it too so oh can't course. go wrong there all right what are your nominations wait i do just want to shout out in puss in boots the last wish the jiminy cricket oh um, my gosh thank you jimmy stewart the jimmy stewart jiminy cricket literally oh how could i forget God. he is so funny he's the best part of the movie besides i think i almost cried because i was laughing at him so much he's so so, so funny and i just want him to appear in all these films and give commentary about people and their choices <laughs> oh it's so funny i loved it okay my nominees are august rush which i i knew it was not going to be a good film going in because it doesn't have like very good reviews but mm. it's my friend's favorite film so i was gonna go watch it with her and turns out it has, like, this man that I fell in love with in Mission Impossible 3 that I looked up and couldn't find him in any other films. He's Irish. He's so beautiful. He's, like, the main guy in that film. And then it's the woman who's in Austin Land. I forgot her name. I not know. But she's a cellist. Mm. 
And so, and she's, so I love that. So I ended up super overeating this film because oh. I was really excited about all these little surprises in it. Um, I also put Logan, which is the Wolverine movie that came out a little while ago. And I was surprised at how much I loved it. Hmm. It's like a superhero movie that I watched because it's on the IMDb Top 250. So I was like, okay, it's got to be pretty good. But it's probably one of the best superhero films because um, it's about Wolverine past his prime. Like, he's really old. Um, and him and Professor X, like, Professor X is so old. And they're just oh. so cute. Like, just like a, this old couple yelling at each other all the time. Incredible. And I did cry in it a lot, which I'll talk about later, too. I put One Fine Day, which is a rom-com with George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. Which is but real recent, this week. It was this week, but I put it in because at the end, the kids are watching Wizard of Oz and suddenly it goes to... It's not picking up any of it, <laughs> but I know what you're singing. Optimistic Voices from Wizard of Oz, which was my favorite scene when we rewatched it this year. Oh my gosh. So and good. I was screaming. I was so excited that they... <laughs> um, five stars for that scene alone. <laughs> I, I was going to give it five. It's really not the best film. And then I put The Blob from 1988, which was... Part of the bad movie series with my cousin, but it turned out to be better than I thought. And it was actually kind of scary. I was actually mm-hmm. screaming at some of the jump scares. So. <laughs> yes, I love. I'm so excited to watch scary movies in person with you again. <laughs> All right. The Phantom goes to Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. This really just, I think I, I think I was on a plane that I had like three options of movies to watch was desperate and was like okay whatever I'm gonna put this on and probably fall asleep to it and then was like wait why is this so good why is no one talking about this film oh everyone was talking about it well I just ignored them like a loser you were like dreamworks I'm not listening exactly I was prejudiced but yeah I don't feel like it's necessarily like Paddington 2 levels of like oh I'd put this in film club I want everyone in my life to see this but like if you have the opportunity to watch it don't pass it up because I feel like I would like to rewatch certain scenes i don't know that i'd rewatch the whole film but like definitely the death parts and jimmy cricket <laughs> i think it was a little overhyped for me because mm. everyone maybe it was just all of my cousins were giving it five stars five stars five stars i gave it four yeah and i really did enjoy it but i i think that's why it hasn't made any of my categories because i was going into it being like wow everyone loves this and i was like okay it's really good but it's not five stars. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think it's a flawless film. I think there's a lot of parts and beats and jokes that kind of miss the mark for me. But I also love the animation style. I think it's so Mm -hmm. beautiful. And which I think I've noticed that's kind of become the the hip thing. Mm -hmm. Like ever since Spider-Man. Spider, the very first Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. And then like Bad Guys did that, which came out last year. That was DreamWorks film last year. That's kind of what everyone's trying to do. Like even Wish, I think Mm -hmm. kind of there were some elements that were trying to do that. Yeah, since. right. And I, I feel like that maybe even goes all the way back to Paper Man, that little short mm-hmm. of being kind of the first. But then I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the one that really made it a full-length film. Mm-hmm. Okay, my ET for biggest surprise will go to August Rush, just because like how bad of a movie it is versus how much I just love the little details in it. The little shout outs to you. All right, our next category is the film that was most fun to watch in a theater. Okay, my nominees. I have a lot of nominees. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Barbie, Mission Impossible 7, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and then I got to see Grand Budapest Hotel in theaters. Oh. As well as Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. And Lion King. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, 
My nominees are Oppenheimer, Wish, The Boy and the Heron, and Barbie. Oppenheimer, I would say, mostly for sound quality, more than, like, the experience of watching it with other people. Um, But, like, when the bombs would go off, it would, like, literally shake your seat, and it was just like, how did we do this? This is so terrible. Barbie, obviously, I would say even more just, like, the theater culture of, like, when I would go to Disney Springs, and I would see everybody dressed up as Barbie. It was so fun. And The Boy in the Heron, it's only because I watched it with all these French senior citizens on a Monday afternoon. (laughs) And then wish, of course, seeing it with all my fellow Disney cast members. Such a delight. Yes, Barbie was so fun. I went twice on the day it came out um with my brother and sister-in-law and her family and then with my roommates so it's just it's so fun seeing everybody in pink um just everybody like after the huge speech about women that what's the actress america ferrera just like people clapping and screaming like it's just it was really fun to see in a theater full of mostly women Mm -hmm. i just love that women went out in droves like that was just so much fun it's i Um, feel like barbie and like the whole barbie oppenheimer what would they called barbieheimer the whole cultural phenomenon like saved theaters in some ways because Mm -hmm. everyone went back to the theaters mission impossible 7 was fun just because we went and saw it in imax the night it was released or like the second night and I spent the whole week watching every single Mission Impossible film. That's impressive. So it was fun to just have that experience of watching every single one and then see it in theater, even though it made me sad. And then I loved seeing Grand Budapest Hotel in theaters. It would have been more fun, like, with you. I just went by myself and there were, like, three other people in the theater. Oh, adorable. <laughs> but it was fun to share that with the other people in there. Like, we were laughing at the same things. Oh, I love. Oh, and such a good film. I saw Lion King in the theater, of course, on my birthday with my mom, and there's one other man in the theater. Incredible. <laughs> the E.T. goes to Beauty and the Beast, even really? though that's, that's not, it was a rewatch, but it was the first time I'd seen it in theaters, mm. and uh, I should have I, known when he didn't give an explanation for it. Uh, <laughs> the explanation was coming. It was just so beautiful in the theater, like the, the ballroom like when they oh. zoom in on them dancing it's just like whoa it's huge it's so gorgeous and just the the score hearing that in the theater i was so moved i just loved it so much oh, that is a regret of mine because i didn't get to go see any disney films in the theater when they came back maybe they'll do it again for the 200th <laughs> i don't know that i'll be here for that <laughs> <laughs> the phantom goes to wish uh we were both given out awards to disney films i think it's because my theater experience it severely impacted my love for the film like i think if i had watched it in any other circumstance i probably wouldn't love it as much as i do but because i watched it and i don't know there was a moment i think tell me if this was there for you as well where like all these disney characters are like sitting down in the theater to watch it did they have like a little short b- before it? It wasn't long at all. It just was like all these like shadows of Disney characters like sitting down in seats right before the movie started. And I just was like, this is literally our theater. Like I am just among oh. all these Disney character performers. And so I'm just like, I'm literally watching this movie with so many Disney characters. And like anytime any of our films are referenced, that's the other fun thing is there just were so many Easter eggs. And like, I feel like we all were reacting or at least like the girls I was with 
like we were all just crying and of course I'm sitting next to Asha and so like she's sobbing and then it makes me cry and then (laughs) we all were just like so into it and I understand the critiques and I know that it's not a perfect film and I I don't defend it as such but it just was like for my moment in life Mm-hmm. it was this beautiful culmination and I think like being able to experience it in this theater with people who like would gasp at the same time and like be so invested like when he's like popping the wishes of like Disney films we all were like oh. <laughs> we were like, so so invested it was the perfect target audience um oh. and I just at like at the end during this emotional part I just look and I'm like all of my friends were all just like weeping we were all so wrecked <laughs> so it just was like such a fun experience um honestly one of the most memorable times I've watched a film with other people so and that's why I'm I'm like so hype about the film where I'm like I loved it so much it was so good and I understand again I understand the critiques and that it's not this perfect film and that it's a disappointment for a lot of people but it was just very special so I saw you remove half a star from your reading did I I don't remember maybe I did because I originally gave four and a half and then you changed it Sometimes I do go back and after reading other people's, I let other people sway my opinion. But I think I realized like, oh, the experience maybe. It was very influenced by the moment. Yeah. And, and like. Which I think is, yeah. In my like Um, holistic letterbox review, I probably should knock it down just a little bit to be a little bit more reflective (laughs) of my feelings. So that's so funny. I'm, I'm like. Oh, you you pay such close attention to my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> because I saw you rate it so highly and I was like, mm. wow, that's different than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I still stand by it. There's things I really, really like about the film outside of even being able to watch it in that context. So mm-hmm. It is cute. Like, it's for Disney lovers. Mm-hmm. The next category is the film that made you cry the most. Okay, my nominees are Wish, since I just talked about it. Barbie, I did cry three times in that film. Aww. Um, Oppenheimer was heavy. Twelve Years a Slave, woof. Once Upon a Studio, and Dick Johnson is Dead. Aww. Once Upon a Studio, it's a short film. I literally sobbed through the whole thing. And then <laughs> Dick Johnson is Dead, just like, oh man, it wrecked me so much. And I love it. <laughs> that one's so wholesome. <laughs> um, My nominees are Past Lives, Out of Africa, Going my way. Um, <laughs> I love so much. <laughs> I cried so much. Departures, uh, Logan. Mm-hmm. And shout out to The Notebook, which was a rewatch, but I mm-hmm. I was crying a lot. Past um, Lives I is also, on my watch list, so I'm excited to Past hear. Past Lives is so good. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about it again later, but I also will shout out Crash Landing on You, which is not a film. It's a K-drama series. Mm, yes which each episode is like an hour and a half long and there's probably 24 episodes so so longer than a film yeah it was an endeavor and I had kind of not wanted to watch it for a long time because I don't know why just because I had heard so much hype about it and I you're not the biggest tv series watcher yeah I don't love series where I'm like sucked in this is what I decided. Like with reading too, I don't want to start a book that's going to feels take like a life. commitment. Yeah, and it, well, I get so sucked into it that I like get annoyed when I have to do other things, and so mm. it's hard for me to get started and then know that what I'm getting into. And so, like starting a TV show like that makes sense. 
Yeah. Like, There's so many a- times I'm watching a series and I'm like, oh, I want Laura to watch this. And I'm like, wait, she doesn't really watch me. So. <laughs> but um, no, I, I understand what you're saying. But yeah. Yeah. But finally, like, movies, my mom. You're able to fully commit to it, but it has a set duration. Whereas these other yes. things, you're not able to like take breaks from it quite as easily. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And I had known from the little snippets of K-dramas I had seen my mom watching that they're pretty cheesy and just like Hallmark films, but in Korean. So I was like, I don't really want to watch this. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be good. But I cried so many times, so hard. There was one episode at the end where I was just like quietly crying. And my mom's like, let me tell you, in the last episode, I was just sitting here in the basement just sobbing. And I was like, together and i just started sobbing and every like i think starting at like episode six ever since i would cry in every episode like it's just so manipulating like (laughs) they know how to cause those tears to fall oh but it's so good i would recommend it to all duly noted um i will say out of africa meryl streep just she's just a master I think in my letterbox review I said Meryl Streep is the only person besides Steven Spielberg that has made me cry more times. Oh, I she just gets me. Oh, she's so good. Those are all your nominees. Yes. Um, The Phantom goes to Twelve Years a Slave just because this like wrecked me to my core, and I never want to watch it again. But I'm so glad we've watched it and. it is just like the worst kind of crying and so (laughs) I feel like I love when movies make me cry and this one was like wow I I feel just absolutely awful (laughs) I feel so sick and oh my gosh it just wrecks you so as far as like yeah the amount that make me cry I think that was something was going on that month where I wasn't crying very much at sad things for sure well and that's the thing is I feel like you don't it doesn't have to be manifested as tears for you to be like deeply mm-hmm. moved by a film too you know like there's some films that I watched this year that I'm like I'm really surprised I'm not crying right now because this is a lot you know <laughs> woof I remember when it ended we kind of like stopped communicating after cinema just being like sitting in my chair and being like oh. <laughs> process that for a minute yeah so um my ET is gonna go to past lives hmm so I would recommend it. I just, I watched it with my mom in the theater. Oh, I should have put this one in my nominees for theater. We went with my aunt and my cousin, but they were separated from us by a couple chairs. I don't know why. Um, it's Korean, so. right? No, I mean, it's a Korean director, but okay. it's about a Korean-American woman. Right, but like... her Korean friend. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of Korean in the film. And okay i see what you're but, saying like it's in english right yeah but it's that's okay okay i see but korean influence definitely and language included but the end i just oof <laughs> i came out of the theater and i was like how come nobody else's eyes are so red <laughs> <laughs> my eyes do this thing where they just get so puffy and so oh. shot if i cry for more than like a minute I love. And they stay that way for hours afterwards. We are doing now a an Oscars montage. We're doing a rewatch montage. Lauren's mentioned a lot of them already, so I don't know if you've listed them out. But 
Um, I'll just name drop a few. This is a, a new system that we're doing, obviously, for this episode, and we kind of came up with it in like less than 48 hours, so that's why it's a little split the what is it the like dang it i'm trying to think of what they call um jackson pollock paintings the like slip dash <laughs> can't think of it anyway uh i just want to shout out that according to letterboxd almost half of the films i watched this year were rewatches so <laughs> i had a hard time narrowing it down but i will say these ones that were just special for this year and i kind of forewent any film club since we talk about them enough but i'm glad when you shout them out of course but i did wake up at 4 a.m to watch them up at christmas carol long distance and it did make me cry again this year lilo and stitch i will sometimes get together with some girls here and we watch random disney movies like we put it on a, a random shuffle wheel and lilo and stitch came up and i kind of was like hey guys like haha this used to be my go-to cry movie like just warning you now i might cry and sometimes when i'm with people that i'm like not super super close close with I'm able to like kind of restrain. No, I was gone. Like from the get go, I was like, <laughs> and they would like kind of turn and they were like, oh, you weren't kidding. And I'm just like, oh, it's such a beautiful exploration of grief and all these things. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so sad. And then one of my friends had the audacity to tell me that Lilo, t- Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch has a glitch, was more sad. And I was like, absolutely not. I know Stitch I dies in it. However, this is a much more intense as natalie revealed two years ago stitch died (laughs) i don't know maybe i do need to watch it and i'll see that it's sad but there's just nothing because it's just these layered moments of grief that are just so tragic oh it really is so sad cinderella i just randomly watched this and then a couple weeks later went to an audition and had my life changed and it just felt really special that I randomly decided to watch Cinderella and obviously watched it again in October and it was just I cried it makes me cry now (laughs) it Um, really is an emotional like I don't know when everything works out in the end and you're like she tried so hard for this it's just so well and even before it had another layer of special meaning for me when I just randomly decided to watch it, when they rip up her dress and it is just like, that is the last symbol of her parents and her hope and her courage and these people that continually bring her down, destroy it once again after like even her friends, her little cute mice and bird friends are there and like save the day. No, it's taken from her again. It's just like, so devastating. Ugh, wrecks me. Um, Watching Nope <laughs> with you. <laughs> After seeing the the set and being cooped up <laughs> because of this baby hurricane, various various natural disasters. But yes, then also having the earthquake happen during it. <laughs> Watching The Godfather twice again. I think you also watched it twice this year. I think just once. Okay, but you watched it maybe last year when I didn't. But I introduced Andrea and Tyler to The Godfather this year, and then of course rewatched it for the exhibit and that was my godfather review on letterbox for the exhibit for the exhibit (laughs) what we do in the shadows we watch for spamad and then i also introduced to andrea and tyler and you introduced to sarah and niall sarah and niall so that has been making the rounds i did get to watch titanic with another fellow lover so that was of titanic i guess i should say (laughs) (laughs) another lover (laughs) 
Um, and then, as you mentioned before, getting to watch Wizard of Oz with you and having you actually love it was so delightful for me. So, so, so fun. Did you have any rewatches you wanted to mention or they'll just come up when they come? Yeah, well, I just got, I've got... So a lot of rom-coms that I watched for Maddie's episode. And then Maddie and I just continued watching rom-coms together, like Far From the Madding Crowd, multiple versions of Pride and Prejudice. And we watched Return to Me, which is my most liked review on Letterboxd now. Incredible. <laughs> I have 10 likes on it. I'm so proud. So famous. And then we also rewatched a lot of Barbie animated classics from my childhood in preparation for the Barbie movie. Which I want to shout out, Barbie Princess and the Popper, I think was my favorite as a child. There's a video of me opening my gift on my 10th birthday, and it's Barbie Princess and the Popper, and just me going and like <laughs> hugging it to my face. And I remember I hit my lip and hurt my lip. So I was too excited about opening it. I hadn't even seen it yet. I was just so excited that I got to watch it now. Oh, it's the most Lauren thing. <laughs> and then I found out that our dvd that i got for my birthday on my 10th birthday has a cd with all the music so i downloaded all the music onto my phone and listened to it for probably about a month incredible oh lots of film club films that we rewatched. i rewatched all the mission impossible movies as i mentioned and all the twilight films two times oh my. <laughs> i watched them all with caleb and megan because caleb never seen them before and then while I was in Seattle at Forks, Washington, my aunt was like, I downloaded all the Twilight movies so we can watch them. And I was like, oh boy, I just watched these again. And then we rewatched them all in week. In because week. didn't you watch them last year too? Did yes, with that? Maddie. <laughs> I don't even like them that much, but I'm like, I feel like now it's part of my soul. Like it's just <laughs> part of who I am is Twilight. And well, I did. Go ahead. I keep realizing that I have like some of my like B to your favorite actors are in Twilight. Like, like who? I would say B tier is in like, oh, I really like them, but like they're not my favorite favorite actors, you know. But there's someone from I Esme, I think, is from yeah. She's in Haunting of Hill House. And I love oh, yeah. her. She's Shirley. Ugh, I love her so much. She's so lovely. She is so complicated in Hill House, and I love her so much. Ah. And then Michael Sheen is. Oh, yeah. I, I had no idea. I, like, literally, I'm watching this production that they did, um, David Tennant and Michael Sheen, during COVID times, and it was, like, a, a Zoom kind of play that they were doing, and it's really funny. But anyway, they were, like, getting in a fight of who was more famous and what they've been in, and he's like, I was in all four Twilight, because David Tennant was like, I was in Harry Potter, and he's like, for one scene, and he's like, a scene in a flashback. <laughs> But then I was like, Michael Sheen was in Twilight? Like, what? I don't. And then when I went and looked it up, I was like, that's not him. And then it is. He looks so He's crazy. so funny. He's, I love him. He's, he's one of the best parts. Oh one my of gosh. The, yeah, the second one's my favorite movies. He, I don't even know what the, isn't he like a bad vampire? He's the Volturi. So he's like the head of the head of the vampires. Okay. Okay. That kind of like enforces the law. Yeah. I was blow. I was floored. So maybe, maybe twenty twenty four will be another year of watching Twilight's because I'll be oh, interested no! in watching my. I can't do it again. <laughs> maybe twenty twenty five. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can't well, go three years in a row watching Twilight. <laughs> um, and I did buy every. I bought the score or the soundtrack for one and two. Oh. 
So I was in my Twilight era this year. <laughs> and then lots of Disney films. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did want to mention we watched My Best Friend's Wedding with Maddie. Oh, yeah, so good. It's so funny. It is like my 50th movie and my 100th movie <laughs> in the box. <laughs> I was so bad about it. I'm like, oh, I didn't make this movie that many times and it's showing up here so significantly. <laughs> oh, Rupert Everett, I love him. Oh, and it was the 25th anniversary of Prince of Egypt this year. Oh, so that's that true. Fun to watch. Oh, so good. Okay. Watches. Well, thanks for that uh, rewatch montage. But we're now going to do commercial break, a.k.a. our first sponsor story of 2024, Ooh. which is done by me. And I really hope this, I don't think this is a sponsor story done before. This episode is sponsored by the earliest known photos of Lauren and myself. Okay, that's a lie because I think there's probably group photos from Peter Pan, but I'm talking about back in the day. <gasps> Our first costume? No, because Peter Pan is still in costume. <laughs> I really should have thought about this <laughs> as I was introducing it. We, Lauren and I were in The Sound of Music in eighth grade and we were both nuns. And might I add that we both were selected to sing a very extra special part. <laughs> <laughs> I think because we were both we actually we could actually sing the alto part. I think we yeah, we were both altos, right? Mm-hmm. I think we were. I forgot that. that yeah. we, part. we did. And you were with Sarah Bolt. Yeah. I don't remember who I was with, but she was really flat and I was so mad that I wasn't with you. <laughs> I was like, dang it, because you were way better friends with Sarah Bolt than I think you were yeah. with me. And so I just was like, oh, I really wish I was with Lauren right now. <laughs> But anyway, you, I think, trigger warning, <laughs> Kenna Peters, <laughs> okay. and uh, Anna Sossenheimer. I can't remember who else. We'll have to look at the photos. Um, I think I brought a digital camera because we had a lot of downtime. And in the like dressing room, which was just the drama room, we just like went yes. psychotic <laughs> one night and just like took scads on scads on scads of photos and they're like pretty embarrassing but (laughs) it is like uh, just so great i feel like it is a snapshot of what would we would be doing in the future which is like taking selfies of silly things in costume being goofy like (laughs) making funny faces never would have known no but yeah if you had gone back and told me that you know, I'd have such a good friendship and be making a podcast with one of these people. I'd probably been like, oh yeah, me and Anna Sassenheimer, like, that makes sense. Like, we're such good friends. <laughs> so I would like to, I feel like I, I bash our junior high and high school days, but here is literal proof that we were actually more than just uh, acquaintances. <laughs> Sponsored by our nunship. <laughs> our nun habits and... <laughs> the sound of music. The wimples, yes. And our... our extra special solo. Were you up? Maybe this is too specific. I feel like I have very strong memories of junior high school plays, probably because like I was limited in the amount of scenes I was in, especially in the seventh and eighth grade. Were you in the ninth grade play at all? No. You didn't do Once Upon a Mantras. That is the one time I actually had. I was mic'd up. I had speaking <gasps> parts. I had a, I had songs. And it's the only one I don't have a recording of. <laughs> like, kind of sad about it. Oh, no. So, this wide audience, baby TTG, if anyone has a recording of Once Upon a Mattress from the years 2000, when, when was ninth grade? 
would have been, let's see, we graduated in 2014. I'm not going to do that math. 2011. If anyone has Once Upon a Mattress from 2011, Wasatch Junior High School production, <laughs> please send to me. <laughs> but anyway, I think we started at the same place, you know, at the very beginning when all the nuns come and it just was like all the chorus. Do you remember where you entered from? Yeah, in the top um, right. Like if you're looking at the stage? Yeah. Okay, we were in the same. And we entered together. Yes. And we would always play with our little candlesticks. (laughs) Oh my gosh, because we would like light them for each other and then blow them out. (laughs) So creative. Wow, I know. We're creative geniuses, but wow. I do do have this memory of you being there, so I'm glad I didn't make that up. Um, But I also have to tell you this because I forgot to tell you. Uh, When (laughs) George and I went to this cathedral, it was really quiet, but they were like, playing music like recordings of people singing and you know different choirs and all of a sudden I was like I know this song we sang this in the sound of music like this is a real song I tried to record it but it didn't work but it was I can't remember it now but I'm like I wanted to record it so badly for you because I was like I feel like you would remember this This song this is our song yes Oh, I so was funny. when I watch Sound of Music, I just start singing it with them. I'm like, right? Hallelujah! I was gonna almost go to. They do a Sound of Music sing along at the Broadway Theater. You're um, the only one singing along with the nuns. I was. I was gonna say I'm gonna be the only one who knows the nun song, but I'll sing it anyways. <laughs> oh so my maybe gosh. we should go to that. Well, it'd be so annoying though to be the two people singing the nun song. It's a sing-along. How can you be annoying at a sing-along? <laughs> yeah, that's true. They have to... But they'll right. be like, wow, these flicks. Like, <laughs> Deep fans. <laughs> Did you... Okay, my last question. <laughs> Did you come up with a nun name? Because you know me. I was Pacho the Lost Boy. I was Sister Viveka in in eighth grade. That was my nun character. I had the whole backstory. I wrote it all down. Like You little actress. <laughs> Did you have a nun name, though? I bet I did, but I do not remember it. Like, oh. I feel like if you would have said, I'm Sister Vivecca, then I would have been like, oh, I want to think of a name. <laughs> but I was obviously not as committed because I do not remember. Oh my gosh. And were you also in the party scene? You got, did you get chosen to be a party lady? I was, I was a party lady and I was also a puppet. Not like one of the main puppets, <gasps> but I was like, a, I had lots of tankards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute. I was not a puppet. Um, but you said that was- you're like oh cute i was not a puppet (laughs) it was such a mood change (laughs) um yeah i was in the party scene i had a i'm like i was a a widower and or no a widow i wasn't a man i was a widow (laughs) wouldn't it be the first time you were in (laughs) it's so true yeah i was a a party goer with and i just remember always talking to taylor talbot and elizabeth gaysford like there was a Whoa, whole other Taylor important Talbot. I have not thought about oh, him. Taylor Talbot. I love him. I need to reconnect with him. He was my theater partner. Like, oh, we would do so much stuff together. Oh, I miss him. But anyway, <laughs> wow, good times. Thank you, Sound of Music, for sponsoring this episode as the earliest proof of our friendship. <laughs> okay, I think it's back to you for announcing. Okay, the next category is best score. My list is Elemental. This is by Thomas Newman, so not a surprise, but I just remember being in the theater and being like, I need to look up the soundtrack after. 
Departures, obviously, has very beautiful music, and oh, it's... Oh, I forgot about that. It's the guy who does Miyazaki. Joe he's, yeah. Hisayashi. And then 12 Years a Slave, um, which I, I, Hans Zimmer, I think, does some of it. Tim Fain, actually, as well. But Hans Zimmer does some. And then I did put in the Super Mario Bros. <laughs> movie, just because I loved all of the fun little nods that it had to all the um, mm. video game music. The Tree of Life, um, which was... Alexandre Desplat. And then um, Maestro, but it's all Leonard Bernstein, and it's, like, his music, so I don't feel like it's... It wasn't, like, created for... Did you watch Maestro? I watched it today. <gasps> so, yes, uh, Maestro's in there, but I feel like it's kind of a cop-out because it's music that already exists, so it wasn't, like, written for the film. My nominees are... The Third Man, which I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. The score is 100% Zither? Is that oh! What? Uh, like, um, the instrument from Spongebob. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> how I recognize it. But it's so fun. Such a fun score. Hunger Games, which is James Newton Howard. I am um, mm. just sitting there in the theater. I was just like, I love I, this music so much. I feel like your letterbox talked about that. Yes. It said, I want to kiss him on the mouth (laughs) (laughs) for providing my life with such beautiful, beautiful. No wonder that stuck out in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I also will shout out Mission Impossible 4 because it's Brad Bird is the director and Michael Mm. Giacchino. Mm -hmm. I think he did a lot of the Mission Impossible scores, but just those two together, that's the Incredibles. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just so fun to hear them in a different movie together. And then... Much Ado About Nothing, which has Kenneth Branagh and oh. Emma Thompson. Oh, I, I did buy, I bought a song from that one. I really like that film. And then, of course, Twilight, which I bought. Well, I just bought the soundtracks, not the scores. But Alexander Desplat does New Moon Okay. Well. So we love him. Yes, we do. Okay, and The Phantom goes to Elemental. I really mm-hmm. just, I really love this film. I just remember these other ones obviously struck me enough to like, oh, I, I remember really liking this score, but none of them quite drove me to the same, like, I need to obsessively listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> so I just big fan of Thomas Newman always. And it did feel like, you, here's my one complaint about Thomas Newman. Obviously, each composer has like their signature sound in a lot of ways, but sometimes there's Thomas Newman can sound so similar that you can hear it it sounds like like Nemo every time yes you're like is this from Finding Nemo too like (laughs) (laughs) I rewatched oh I forgot to say I rewatched Scent of a Woman oh yes and that is literally Nemo music (laughs) I'm watching I'm like this is not the score for a school this is the score for underwater it just feels like you're underwater and I just appreciate it because there's definitely Thomas Newman isms in it but it felt different and Unique. i just yes i really loved it ah! um i'm gonna give my et to the third man just because mm. it's so just creative and part that was part of the reason why i loved it so much is the zither score like it's just so funny and i never i don't know a single other film that has that that's that's what the music is so. yeah you're making me want to watch that one i would recommend it uh the next category is best cinematography your nominees. Okay. Uh, My nominees. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because it's like all of the nominees for the 2022 Oscars. <laughs> but I actually 
I thought of it first, and then I went and looked, and I was like, oh, yeah, they were nominated for that already. But I have Banshees of Inna Sharon. Um, it's just beautiful. The film itself is quite a big downer, quite depressing. <laughs> but these shots of this Irish island, they're just so gorgeous. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front from last year, which is World War II, mm-hmm. Germany. World War One. Yeah, you're right. World War One. It's gorgeous. The cinematography is, I think it won. It won mm. the Oscar last year. I need to see that one still. It's so beautiful. Also very depressing. <laughs> yeah. I, I cry. I cry a lot. I started like, reading the book and I was like only 20% of the way in and I was like, I'm just crying while I read this. I can't read this anymore. Can't it's do it. really Can't do it, life. Sally. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't the <laughs> quote, was it? <laughs> I just decided it was just now, so. <laughs> you shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I, well, I was afraid it didn't get through. <laughs> I just. <laughs> All right. So just to clarify, this is a, the new thing for season four is one of us, uh, whoever's not doing the sponsor story, one of us has to try and sneak in a Godfather quote without the other person realizing or I don't know, because I knew what you said. I knew it was a Godfather quote, but I didn't call it out, you know? So just, they become so commonplace. I think it'll be funny. Or we could make it... Oh, I won. So you won this, yeah. Because we hadn't said anything. I probably would have been like, yeah, what a good quote. <laughs> Lauren was like, it's going to be obvious. And I was like, well, yeah, it's just for fun. She's like, okay, I won't care. Like, I won't get competitive. <laughs> but here you are, you're so competitive. Potentially, it could be beyond just calling it out. It's, can you follow it up with the next quote from the movie? Mm. um or and or so i'm trying to think what the next line is it tell mike it was only business i think so personal okay but we'll we'll give you the point (laughs) oh my gosh that was so funny my nominees for best cinematography are elvis i watched that this year tree of life leave the world behind and maestro a last minute edition (laughs) I also meant to say 12 Years a Slave. Mm, oh, good one. Because they do make it emotionally devastating through the yeah. beauty of the, the camera work. Oh, I also wanted to shout out True Grit, mm. um, which we rewatched for Film Club. I just think the cinematography in that film is gorgeous. It is really well done. The like long shots of the Of the, the landscape. Yeah. Oh, it's Oof. so beautiful. I love that film so much. Um, I'll give the E.T. to All Quiet on the Western Front because I'm just like the Academy. (laughs) (laughs) The Phantom, this is a La La Land moment because the Phantom, until (gasps) two hours ago, was going to leave the world behind and instead is now going to Maestro because whoo, zooey mama. In the first, (laughs) first, like... Five minutes, I was like, well, this is getting the Phantom now. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. It's it's incredible. It's so good. Oh my goodness. It's just a lot of unexpected things that they did. And I probably didn't know that much about it going into it, but I loved all the creative choices they made. But I also wanted to talk about, so Leave the World Behind is something I also just barely watched. Have you heard about this one at all? I've seen the, is that the one with the deer? Yes. Has Julia Roberts in it. Ah! Yeah. I love her. I know. I was like, hey, huh? It also has Ethan Hawke in it and uh, Mahershala Ali, mm. who's in um, The Green Book. Mm. And I think he's, maybe was he also in Moonlight? Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, fantastic actor. Uh, I, 
it was well done. And the cin- cinematography was really, really cool. And I was watching it lying down and it took me a long time to realize the things that they were doing in it. In case you do end up watching it, I was like, whoa, wait, this is really trippy. And it's less trippy because I'm laying down. <laughs> but it's another like end of the world one. And I was so afraid I was going to spiral again, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> I made it. But it's produced by the Obamas. I was like, oh, Michelle and Barack, why are you giving me this anxiety? I don't appreciate it. <laughs> they want to change the world. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't know how I feel about the film. I feel like the ending is an interesting, I don't know. It, I felt a little messy for how well it was set up in the first two thirds of the film. But anyway. Our next category is best directing. <laughs> Okay, my uh, nominees are the Wes Anderson shorts. Oh. Also, Asteroid City. Wes Anderson is sweeping the nominees for this category. <laughs> Lucy and Desi, which I think is Amy Poehler. Elvis, which was Baz Luhrmann. She Said, which I actually don't know who the director was for that. So let me just look it up real fast. Maria Schrader. And Steamboat Bill Jr., which is Buster Keaton. And then also Maestro, which is Bradley Cooper. I love Bradley. I know you do. (laughs) Um, Okay. The only nominee I had on there was Past Lives, who is, which is a woman. Celine Song. I think this is her first film. Wow. And it was beautiful. So I think she did a really good job. And then I'll add in Wes Anderson, etc. Because I love (laughs) And the Phantom goes to Lucy and Desi. I don't know. Sometimes I like giving, like we've done this before, but I wanted to give it to a documentary because I feel like it's a different thing to have to direct that. And I just felt like this documentary, obviously it's about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, but I feel like it was just done so well, so respectfully with not like without shying away from the harder parts or the difficult parts. And I thought it was just such a good blend of talking heads and then also like the footage from TV and then the, the photographs like it just was a really stellar documentary and it made me feel so many things and I just I loved thinking about I don't know I feel like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are kind of the staples of female comedy at least in the early 2000s yeah and for Lucille Ball to really kick that off in a lot of ways for funny females on television I just thought it was she did such a good job with it so um when you mentioned documentary I also want to nominate Dick Johnson is dead, Kirsten mm. Johnson. Yes. I, I absolutely love, we talked about this in cinema, just how vulnerable she was and mm-hmm. making this film about her dad and herself and like including herself and her own feelings in it. I just think she did such a good job directing and like the creativity behind it, such a masterpiece. Yeah, fully agree. Um, But I will give my ET to Past Lives and Celine Song. Ah, I want to watch it so bad. Curse you French cinema. <laughs> Okay, the next uh, category is Best Performance. I got a lot of people on here. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I have Viola Davis in The Hunger Games. Mm. Um, that was another part of my review. I won't be surprised if she is nominated. Ooh. She just, she's just a master. She's, she's so the best. She's such a good actor. And she, the way she becomes this like unhinged villain character mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. film was... The transformation was incredible. Christian Bale in American Psycho. He was fabulous. Absolutely horrifying. Like so a scary. person. I love, I think there's an interview with someone's like asking Christian Bale about his characters. They're like, what do you wish that, what do you wish from Patrick Bateman that you could have in your life? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> He's like, 
absolutely nothing. Like, why are you asking me this question? This is the most. He's literally like, the, the worst. worst character. Yes, but he does such a good job in it. And then Sean Penn in Milk about mm-hmm. Harvey Milk. Mm-hmm. I did not like. I went and watched an interview with Sean Penn because I haven't seen a lot of. He's in Tree of Life. Okay, but I haven't seen a lot of films with him. And I went and watched an interview, and I was like, "Whoa, that's what he sounds like." Like, he is totally transformed into Harvey Milk wow. in this one. that's so cool. Um, Jimmy Stewart in Harvey, of course. Oh, I love that. He was my favorite. He's the reason why I gave it five stars. He's just so wholesome and perfect. I will shout out Philip Seymour Hoffman for a rewatch Mission Impossible 3. Mm. He's the villain, but there's a part where Tom Cruise has to wear a mask and become Philip Seymour Hoffman. So it becomes Philip Seymour Hoffman acting as Tom Cruise, acting as himself. I love it when they do that. He does such a good job. He's so good. I I miss him so much. All the actors in Banshees of Anishirin, it's Mm. got Douglas Gleason and Colin Farrell and Um, some guy named Barry, I think. (laughs) (laughs) He's, He's kind of a big deal right now. I think he's in Saltburn and stuff, but... okay. They all do a really good job, and it's so fun to hear their, like, true Irish accents. And then Willem Dafoe, I watched using Inside, which is him being trapped in, like, a penthouse. He's an art thief, and he gets trapped in there. And it wasn't my favorite movie, but he just does a really, really good job, because it's just him. Like, there's no other actors in the movie, and so it's really fun. And shout out to Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who did win Ow. an oscar for that we love him that's a good job my nominees i also had i keep on and just call him patrick bateman christian, christian bale uh from american psycho kind of the only takeaway of like wow i'm glad i watched this movie because his performance is so stellar i also watched elvis this year so austin butler does such an incredible job of portraying elvis like it's unreal wow and it's not just a caricature that would have been really easy to do but it feels very grounded and well-rounded. I also have Chiwetel Ejiofor from 12 Years a Slave, the <gasps> main character. Oh my gosh. I and then, um, of course, Lupita Nyong'o because she's unreal. Um, and she does so such a good job in this too. I also have She Said Carrie Mulligan. And Carrie Mulligan is getting a second nomination. <laughs> um in my struggle nominee as well as bradley cooper will get a nomination from me as well um so yes those are my nominees oh my gosh i did not choose a winner <laughs> oh i also just want to shout out to martin short <laughs> because i kept re-watching these movies from my childhood and being like that's martin short's voice again like martin i short, watched jimmy up. neutron boy genius he's in that um the princess and the pauper he's the main villain who i love he's in prince of egypt mm-hmm. and then there was one other one. Death. <laughs> Death. <laughs> just so, oh, just Treasure Planet, of course. Oh. He's been. Just like that era. Like, he was so commonly. He was on the short list for animation. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. He does such a good job. But he's his voice is just so unique. Like he just goes. <laughs> like <laughs> it's such this high inflection. <laughs> I think I would give my um, my E.T. to Sean Penn for milk. Okay. I've got to put it on my list. My The Phantom goes to Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Do I dare turn to Google when it's let us down so many times? <laughs> no, don't trust them. His role is Solomon Northrup in 12 Years a Slave. The next category is best scene or favorite scene. I do only have three. 
I also um, only have three. Oh, okay. Once upon a studio, but like the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like ten minutes. Though. Yeah. How do I choose between like? Can count as a scene. Oh, there's so many things that are just so delightful. But I think I'm gonna go with when Alan Adele is playing oh. on the roof because and when I heard hope. yes, when I heard those guitar strings, I said I want that to be Alan Adele so badly. And the camera panned up, and it was him, and it just made me cry anew. <laughs> so oh. good. <laughs> okay, the next nomination for the Phantom is Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it is a recreation of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but that scene when Pumpkin goes flying and it's just so spooky and magical. Just like the real thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, also part B of that is I love, and it was made into my review, I just love it when they're talking in the courtroom scene at the very beginning and the judge is like, and the heads, they're lopped off. And Johnny Depp goes, lopped off. <laughs> just the <laughs> lopped off, lopped off. <laughs> just, ah, just, I'm obsessed with it. I still think about it on a daily basis. <laughs> the last nominee is from Barbie when they are sitting on a bench with the old woman and she says, you're beautiful. And she starts crying and the old woman says, I know. I know it. <laughs> That's the sound of me dying <laughs> because I loved it so much. Dang, I should have put some Barbie scenes in here. I'll include one. So my nominees. I love in Barbie during the Ken dance. I'm just Ken. At the end, they're all like, like he's walking up and he's starting to get his confidence back. And then he like, he's holding the two Ken's hands and then they kiss his cheek and he like smiles at it. (laughs) It's my favorite part of the whole film. It's so cute. I love Uh, that part. uh, And then they're just all dancing together, holding hands. So sweet. (laughs) Uh, I also have... In Bobby Deerfield, which I haven't talked about until now, which is Al Pacino, he's with this woman and she's dying, spoiler alert, but <laughs> you know she's going to die since the beginning. He's just like holding her hand and talking to her at her hospital bed. And I was just like, I want Al to be at my deathbed holding my hand. <laughs> <laughs> just so sweet and That's beautiful. Request. And then I have In Love, Rosie. I'm sure I talked about this when we talked about with Maddie, but Sam Claflin is like laying on the bed um the baby's laying on the bed she's laying on the bed too and the light is filtering through the curtains behind them and he's got this beautiful cable knit sweater and they're she's asking him or maybe he asked her if he can be the godfather of the baby and he's holding the baby's finger and i just i died at that scene i was like this man is perfect <laughs> this is oh. the most beautiful man and I found out later it was improvised. They were waiting oh. for the baby to wake up. And then they were just laying there on the bed with the baby. And the director just started shooting and said, let's do a scene now. Like, it was just so beautiful. Cute. Also, just want to shout out in Logan, Hugh Jackman is a, a Wolverine who's this, like, you know, tough guy. But he can't read very well because he's old now. So he goes and buys little reader glasses and just... The scene of whenever he's wearing his little reader glasses reading it, like, um, the newspaper or something, I'm like, this is <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love. Okay, the phantom goes to the Barbie scene. It's literally my favorite part of the whole movie. It's something that I think about often. Um, I think it just broke down so many things culturally and in film. And, like, I think Barbie was such a cultural phenomenon but a lot of what it said wasn't necessarily like groundbreakingly new you know of like wow it's really hard to be a woman you know <laughs> I again I don't think that that takes away from how 
fun it was and what a cultural phenomenon it was, but it wasn't necessarily like the most nuanced approach. You know what I mean? Which is why I think it works so well is because it's a little bit more accessible and and that's a a positive, you know, as long as it can, if we're bashing the patriarchy in any way, that's a positive step forward. (laughs) But just for Hollywood, which as we see from like Sunset Boulevard and stuff, when women begin to show their age and that like they they start to lose their youth, they lose their power and their prestige and so much is connected to youth and beauty. I think for like the larger acting world and perceiving women, I think that there's a lot of fear about getting older and you can look at a lot of like the creams and a lot of the de-aging things and Botox and so much that is done to try and preserve. It's an obsession. Youth. Yes. Yeah. Because we're so afraid of getting, of looking and being perceived as old. And so for Margot Robbie, who is just one of the most gorgeous people, to just so sincerely look at this woman and be like, you're beautiful and like make you see her beauty. And it's not like any forced thing. It's just like, oh no, she literally is beautiful and she's old, but she's beautiful. And it just like broke me. It did. Like, oh my gosh. Because I had just never really seen anything like that before. And the fact that that was almost cut, like that was the heart of the film for me. And I literally think about it all the time. And it is the impetus for this podcast because I just wanted to talk about it being my favorite scene of 2023. Oh, wow. (laughs) So yes, I feel strongly. And the fact that she knows it, like she's not like, oh, no, she's like, yeah, She doesn't say like, oh, stop it. You're beautiful. Exactly. She doesn't dismiss it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're so right. Yes. The confidence and the belief. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's true. I think about the older women in my life and I'm like, they are beautiful and they are so special and who they are. And being old doesn't take that away from them. My ET is going to go to, I think I'll give it to the Love Rosie scene. It it's is. Everything, it's everything I want. And it talks about Godfather. Mm-hmm. A Godfather. <laughs> the <laughs> Honestly, the aesthetic of that movie was... Mm-hmm. impeccable okay the next category is best animated film okay my nominees are the boy and the heron um your name which is another japanese anime mm-hmm. and tokyo godfathers another japanese anime <laughs> and spider-man across the spider-verse and i will shout out barbie princess and the popper here incredible well. i gave it five stars oh <laughs> amazing okay my nominees are the boy and the heron elemental once upon a studio Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Puss in Boots, and Nimona. The E.T. goes to The Boy and the Heron. Ooh, very nice. I think it's just, it was really fun to see a Miyazaki film that was new and that was in the theater. um, Mm -hmm. And it was really so beautiful. Um, And of course, we talked about Miyazaki in the spirited away thing but it's it's very weird and different but just has all the Miyazaki things that we love and a very heartfelt story the phantom actually it's a surprise to me and I feel like if you would ask me tomorrow I would have a different answer but it's going to elemental I feel like I need to rewatch the boy and the heron with English subtitles and not when I'm traveling because I did fall asleep a few times um (laughs) I did really really enjoy it and it's a very close second and I understand that Elemental is not like the most groundbreaking or different, but the animation in it oh, was breathtaking. I absolutely loved the way that they animated everything. Um, and I, I, I really love Wade. Like, oh my gosh, I loved that they had this male lead that was like so into with emotions and not afraid to cry. And that was just like part of the character. And I found that to be so loving and lovingly refreshing. 
Um, and it's not like the most incredible different plot or anything like that. Um, it's pretty predictable, but it's actually like a rom-com I was down with and very much enjoyed and it made me cry. And I watched it with my friend Grayson and that was kind of like one of the last things we did together um, in Florida. So I think it just holds like a very special place in my heart and was a bit of a surprise. And I think it's because like it was so like not that many people knew about it and it wasn't getting very much hype. And I just like, this is a really great movie. And something that I feel like should have received more attention than it did. And I think it got a little bit more of a second wave when it went to streaming. But yeah, I was very moved by Elemental. Again, the soundtrack, Chef's Kiss. The next category is our favorite 2023 film. So it's the so film that came, came out, out, in out in 2023. Okay, my nominees are Once Upon a Studio, Maestro, Barbie, Boy and the Heron, Elemental, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My nominees, I will say I only gave past lives and then the disney once upon a studio five stars and then my other nominees are the wonderful world of henry sugar wes anderson short mm-hmm. boys in the wes anderson short and then i also gave barbie for not the rat catcher my favorite of the four how dare you yeah. ray Fiennes' performance was chef's kiss he is so scary <laughs> love him as a rat <laughs> <laughs> but i saw a review that was like this is what would have happened if they cast Refines as, as Peter Pettigrew, instead of, yeah, <laughs> instead of Voldemort. The way that I read all those films off is how they are ranked on Letterboxd. Um, so in that case, the Boy and the Heron beats Elemental. So that's why I'm saying, like, ask me on a different day, and I'll give you a different answer. But <laughs> my favorite 2023 film, controversial because it's a short film, Once Upon a Studio. It oh. just was unexpected and just felt like the perfect thing for a hundred years. And I thought it was so well done, and so many of my favorites, and just have every single. Disney movie represented and and some of my very special characters highlighted and it just I literally was a crying mess when I saw it and it felt so emblematic of 2023 and is my favorite so therefore you should all go watch it because it's only like 10 minutes long I did not shout out I have not talked about Guardians of the Galaxy volume three this whole time I did give that four and a half stars Hmm. and the boy in the hair and I gave four and a half Mm. and Spider-Man but the E.T. goes to past lives. Love. All right. And then our favorite new film necessarily didn't have to come out in 2023. My nominees are The Third Man, Bobby Deerfield, and Harvey. Okay. I will omit the ones that were from 2023. Dick Johnson is Dead, 12 Years a Slave, Lucy and Desi, Steamboat Bill Jr. Oh no, and Elvis. I just want to, I'm not going to give the E.T. to Bobby Deerfield because it's really not a good movie. But I will have you know that I watched it and a week later I bought it on DVD because it's Al Pacino in his peak. He's absolutely gorgeous. It's hot Al Pacino, right? That's what, like all the all of his outfits. He wears turtlenecks. He wears sweaters. He wears this racing outfit. He just looks amazing. And he's just, he's so awkward and sweet with this girl. And it's just, I hope that, like he smiles at her sometimes. And I like would rewind and rewatch it three times. And <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to watch this with you next year. Oh my, please. I have. And by next year, I mean this year because the episode's being released in 2024. Oh. Well, yes. But like at one point I was screaming at my mom like, oh, God, and she walks in and goes, wow, I think this is your best movie ever. And, walks oh. away. and it really, I feel like everyone was dumping on it in Letterboxd, like just saying this is only good because Al Pacino's hot, which is true. I thought there 
there's a lot of heart to it. Like, it's really sad and devastating. And I think it's better than everyone thinks it is. So, okay. just want to shout out I am it. willing to give it a try. We got to put it on Trello. And then we've already talked about Harvey, how much we loved it in Cinema. But I will give my ET to the third man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would add that to your watch list. It's we'll just do. so it's hilarious, but also like really there's a lot of um, suspense to it. And like, you don't know what's going on. There's kind of a twist in it. Mm. Orson Welles is probably my favorite performance of Orson Welles that I've seen. More than Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm, of course. <laughs> you don't hate Citizen Kane. Why are you I on know, the bandwagon? I have to rewatch it. it, but I just thought it was overhyped. That's the problem. Mm. I heard all, like, everyone loves it so much. And I was like, it wasn't special. I didn't think so. Ugh. The directing is impeccable. Okay. The Phantom goes to Dick Johnson is Dead. That was my favorite movie I watched this year, uh, last year. I think there's others that come close. I think on my letterboxed, it will be Dick Johnson is Dead, 12 Years a Slave, Maestro, Lucy and Desi. Yeah, I just, I really want to make it a film club. I think probably 2025 um, might resurface depending on what our theme is that year and if we have film club that year, but it is a film that just like brought up a lot of stuff but also just yeah like what you were saying earlier about the vulnerability and I think it's just something that is pretty universal in dealing with the passage of time and things changing and the inevitability of death and just found it to be incredibly beautiful and I loved it and I just it was done with such was handled in such an interesting way like so much humor and like a little bit of dark comedy and just the like the acceptance of it in a lot of ways, but also just it's hard and mm-hmm. I loved it. It was so unique. So very good film. Okay, when we get back, we'll do our letterbox reviews and Oh, I'm so excited for these. <laughs> Me too. Um, I guess before we I'll, I'll just say the one I couldn't really fit into a category that I would like to shout out was Mickey, the story of a mouse, that is a documentary on Disney Plus that is actually pretty decent a pretty good overview of what mickey has meant and still means and might mean so i think i put all of my the ones i wanted to talk about in the spot so i did watch every single fast and the furious movie including (laughs) the new one in theaters that was my a couple months worth of my cousin's movie nights were fast and the furious so that played a very big role in my 2023 um so i just needed to make sure that people knew that i've seen those now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let it be known I don't, I don't know if you've seen this in france but right now there is a commercial for capital one i think um that's john travolta as santa claus walking down the street i'll show it i'll send you the link okay but it is shot for shot taken from saturday saturday night fever which is john travolta Mm. Um, so I watched that just because I was so in love with him as Santa Claus and it's so cute and I did not love the film okay. I loved the first half and I am a sucker for like dance competition movies I've realized yes. but at the end it just kind of deteriorates and there's a lot of like sexist things that happen and mm. uh, I don't know I didn't love the ending but I do love John Travolta and I have a big crush on him when he was so little especially when he's dancing and I have a big crush on him as Santa Claus. Oh my gosh. I'll send you the link on YouTube. Okay. He's so, so cute. <laughs> and he dances so good. That commercial really promoted the wrong thing for you. It got you to do the wrong thing. I was like, I'm not buying Capital Rope 1, but I will watch this film. <laughs> okay, the last category is our favorite letterbox reviews. Mm-hmm. That we wrote. Self-aggrandizing moment. <laughs> carry it with us into 2024 <laughs> i will just say i 
I wanted to say happiest anniversary to one of my fave movies because Bugs Life also turned, I think, 25 this year. Oh, yeah. I said, is it too much to ask for a snowman rave? (laughs) (laughs) For the snowman. The snowman. Um, This was my return to me review. It's a little spoilery, so maybe I'll skip this first part. But this one has 10 likes from random people. One like from Rachel. That's the only non-random. But it says five stars for the perfect man, Bob the Builder. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Well, the first part is also very key to the review, but I'm not going to say it out loud because I want people to watch it and not, and they want them to be as devastated as I was. Oh, even more of a spoiler. Okay. My most liked by just random strangers, six likes, not quite as many, but I only wrote it. On December 17th, so maybe it'll get some traction. But <laughs> it's from, oh, and I said it was Babes until the 1950s. It's actually from 1961. Embarrassing. Oops. But it was this man out here doing cape trips. Oh, let me start. This man out here doing cape tricks and dance offs with a fountain and singing about mortgages and expenditures. And you're going to marry the other guy? SMH. <laughs> so that that was my claim to fame on Letterboxd this year. Okay. My next one that I loved, I'm going to swear. So you're going to have to just put a bleep. We're going to have to put an explicit. (laughs) (laughs) It was for the Gold Rush, Charlie Chaplin. Have you seen this? Mm -mm. Maybe. So maybe this is a bit of a spoiler too. That's okay. But So he has this, he, there's this this girl that he loves. Of course, it's Charlie Chaplin. Mm -hmm. But he has this little New Year's party that he invites her and her friends to, and he wants them to come. And they say, yeah, we'll come. We'll be there. And they're kind of, like, messing with him. They're not really planning on coming. And he gets everything ready, and it's so sweet. My review says, my heart broke into a million pieces when those fake didn't come to his New Year's party. Because <laughs> that's how I felt when I watched it. I was like, these girls are the worst. They deserve to die. Oh my gosh, he was, it's so he was extreme. So, he was so sad, and I was so sad. Oh. You don't treat Charlie Chaplin that way. Oh, wow. I don't think I could recover from that. Okay. <laughs> I, this is for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I said more like Captain Emo instead of Captain Nemo. Because he's emo? Yeah, he's like deeply emotional, like total emo kid. But then I said, but also Google's Captain Nemo thirst traps. <laughs> <laughs> this one was for The Thief of Baghdad from 1940. Oh. My review said, watch this to see if Jafar was hot. In parentheses, he was a little bit hot. <laughs> I, this is somewhat related, but this is my review from rewatching Little Mermaid, the animated version. I said, made everyone hush up for Eric's five second flute solo. <laughs> <laughs> that one is one of my favorites of yours. <laughs> This is my review for Made in Manhattan. Two stars because J-Lo is cool and her son listens to bread. <laughs> Not a mention of Rafe. So disrespectful. Sorry, he doesn't have that hold on me that he has on you. Uh, the floppy loose shirt. Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. Well, this one is more a just an example because I think I was going to mention, I knew it was going to come up later, of werewolves in London being so bizarre old lady out of nowhere absolutely decks the woman next to her so she's out cold and then says she's my best friend (laughs) it was out of like we just met these characters it was the most random thing but here's here's my real one that i'll submit a stellar performance by oscar nominated bill nye just because it's a reference to our funny joke 
But seriously, if Bill Nighy isn't my best man, then what's the point of getting married? Oh, about time. Yes. Okay, my last one is for Rumble in the Bronx, which is Jackie Chan. Incredible. Um, I said, I have a crush on Jackie Chan. And then you commented, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow, I love. My last one is crying like the wizard when he's the gatekeeper every time the scarecrow is on screen from Wizard of Oz. Mostly because we were scrolling through Letterboxd the other day and I said, bah ha ha, do you ever read your old reviews and think you're hilarious? (laughs) But it's so true. I love the scarecrow. We're just going to, speaking of Letterboxd, we are going to go through our stats from 2023 really briefly. This is also a plug to follow us on Letterboxd if you want some habitual entertainment. Yeah. I love Lauren's reviews, even when I have no context for what they're about. <laughs> <laughs> I always give them a like. <laughs> <laughs> like. Okay, so you said your 50th and 100th were both uh, my best friend's wedding. Yes. That is so, it's so impressive. Isn't that so eerie? Yes. Mine were The Little Mermaid live action and Nightmare Before Christmas. But you don't have more than that? More milestones? Nope. My 150th was Norma Ray, which I didn't even talk about. Oh, that was a really good performance by Sally Field. Mm. Should have included that. And then my 200th was Twilight Breaking Dawn. Oh, part my two. incredible. Part two? <laughs> what was your first film? Uh... Oh, Steamboat Bill Jr. My first film was Puss in Boots and The Last Wish. Oh, my last film was Hell Camp Teen Nightmare, but it'll actually be Tootsie because I'm going to finish it tonight. Currently, my last film is Yojimbo, but I will watch more. How many hours? 241.2. I watched 457.7 hours. (laughs) Incredible. I've made 129 diary entries. I made 233 entries. Over 100 more than you. <laughs> so impressive. Just flexing. <laughs> yeah, I also moved <laughs> twice. Moved a few times. <laughs> I have a 10.8 average per month. 19.4 average per month. And a 2.5 average per week. 4.5 average per week. That's Amazing. almost a film a day. That's incredible. Um, maybe this is where I'll come out on top. How many lists did you make this year? Oh, three lists. Seven! Get on my level! (laughs) What were your lists? 2023 new films, 2023 top films ranked, 23 from 23, ABTTG Film Club 2023, Spooky Series 2023, I don't know if it's, oh, Cinema 2023, MJSR Movie Nights, which is my friend group here that we were trying to watch a movie a week and then that swiftly fell off (laughs) (laughs) that's it's hard yeah well yeah exactly luckily in my cousin's uh movie group i'm the only one that has like a volatile schedule so yeah they just ask me when i can do it and then everyone else can do it that night so yeah the only three i've made are films that broke me which has three films in it and then rom-coms podcast episode and then 2023 first watches nice what wait what are the films that broke you the green mile you didn't watch that this year no it was like a couple years ago mother of mine which is some norwegian film from 2005 and it i like was sobbing for like an hour after i think i remember this yeah like i was brushing my teeth and i just go ah (laughs) and then i have schindler's list on here too because Mm. i it almost got to that point where i would have cried for an hour but i reined it in <laughs> Ooh, what day do you most often watch films that's kind of fun what fun letterboxd is saturday 
Mine's Friday. I watched 48 films on Saturday. 27 on Friday. What's your least watched? Sunday. Mine are Monday and Thursday tied for 15. Interesting. I know. I only have 14. (gasps) Wild. Okay. Most watched. I have all the movies on here. I just watched twice, including Haunting of Hill House, the series. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, mine is i watched barbie three times so okay watched and then i have all the twilight films oh my gosh what we do in the shadows i have that on there ichabod and mr toad <laughs> twice so good i have prince of egypt cinderella godfather paddington 2 the sting and bill Collingham. there was some um like technically tootsie should be on here twice as well but some yeah. um film clubs that i would have to watch like once to preview it to make sure it's what I wanted to pick and then once to actually like take notes during so should we do themes and nano genres all right read us your list so this is prefaced with I watched every single Mission Impossible film and every single Fast and the Furious film which is seven films in the Mission Impossible and ten films in Fast and Furious it is quite the undertaking number one theme was adrenaline fueled action and fast cars (laughs) so specific and then my second theme is charming romances and delightful comedies a delightful chemistry Mm. which seems very on brand and then high speed and special ops explosive and action-packed heroes versus villains fairy tale fantasy and enchanting magic bloody vampire horror that's the twilight i think Mm mm-hmm and then passion and romance, powerful poetic and passionate drama, relationship comedy, and then kids and animation. Incredible. I had fairy tale fantasy and enchanted magic. Kids and animation was second for me. Wow. Holiday joy and heartwarming Christmas. Terrifying, awesome. haunted, and supernatural. <laughs> Adorable animals and heartwarming families. <laughs> <laughs> Humanity in the world around us. Creepy, chilling, and terrifying horror. Oh my gosh. Engaging intense crime and casino drama. That's so specific. Oh, wow. Kids animated fun and adventure, politics and human rights. All right, time for the the big moment of the year. Who's your most watched actor and actress? So no surprise, most watched actor is Tom Cruise and Vin Diesel tied. Tied. Due to their many long sagas that I watched. But Tom Cruise, I also watched a few like random things like um, Born on the Fourth of July and a couple others that so he bumped up. And then Vin Diesel's also in Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's mm-hmm. why he's he's not in, I think, two Fast and the Furious movies. Interestingly enough, did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Mine is, once again, Ray Fiennes. I watched six movies, but technically only four or five because I watched Prince of Egypt twice. But it's mostly thanks to the Wes Anderson short Short. films. But in my Julia Roberts just ratcheted up into second place, part of second place, which makes sense. I did do Pretty Woman, Ocean's Eleven, My Best Friend's Wedding, and Leave the World Behind is what put her up there. So she's my top rated actress or most watched, I should say. I have a seven-way tie for second place. I I have a lot. One, two, three, four, five. I have five-way tie. I have Ray Fiennes and Julia Roberts, and then the entire cast of the Fast and Furious. Oh my gosh! I also have Eliel Ford. 
he was in he's in a lot of Wes Anderson. Steve Carell, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt. Willem Dafoe was tied for third. But this is inaccurate because if I could log TV shows, David Tennant would sweep because mm-hmm. I watched I finished DuckTales this year. I watched Good Omens season one and two this year and staged and I feel like there was something else that I was oh Doctor Who he came back to Doctor Who so I have been in my David Tennant era yet again you need a a letterbox for tv well that's what's funny is sometimes certain series show up on letterbox like the haunting of hill house and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but anyway most watched director Wes Anderson for the third year in a row yeah um Miyazaki is second for me though tied with Mike Flanagan but that's only because I can log those series away second is Fast and Furious director Mm. and Miyazaki is tied for third with the Oceans director Steven Soderbergh ah should we give our excited excitement for 2024 films anything you're looking forward to I don't know what's coming out I have a whole list. It is the year of sequels. Like it hasn't been that way for the past five years. Uh, The Mean Girls musical is coming. Which I... We'll see how it goes. But Jacquel Spivy, which is Lauren's friend from high school, is in it. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, fun. Kung Fu Panda 4. Did you know about that? Oh, yes. I'm not really excited for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dune Part 2. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mickey 17. Which is it just because Mickey Mouse will be in the public domain, <laughs> but only Steamboat Whaley version? No, it is directed by Bong Joon Ho and stars Robert Pattinson. Oh, Robert. Robert's so, going to be a dad. It's going to be interesting. Um, If is a new film by John Krasinski, so that could be good. Oh, yeah. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, throwback to Cinemonth. Too many Mad Max movies. Baby year, first year. Kingdom of Plant, the Planet of the Apes. I still need to watch the most recent one that came out, but um, Inside Out Two looks interesting. Could be good. A Quiet Place Day One, a prequel amongst the sequels. Wow. Twisters, lol. They're making a sequel to Twister. I think it's so funny. Oh my gosh. Beetlejuice 2. You thought I was joking, but there are so many sequels coming out next year. Joker, fully undo. So, the Joker sequel. Gladiator 2. <laughs> what? The first part of Wicked. Apparently, they're splitting it into two. Mufasa the Lion King, a prequel to the Lion King, but done through studio real, like the, the realism animation. Oh. Boo, indeed. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to come out in December, so Andrew will be able to go see it. I oh, know, maybe boy. so happy. I can't believe they're making a third one! I know. Damn. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse doesn't have a date, so who knows what's coming out next year. Wow, that really hurt my, hurt my throat. <laughs> Despicable Me 4. Really, so many unnecessary sequels. Creativity is dead. But speaking of remakes and sequels, the long-awaited, maybe cautiously optimistic, waiting to see how it turns out, 
Nosferatu remake. Nosferatu, December 25th, 2024. I know. With Mr. Skarsgård as our little Nosferatu. And I think Willem Dafoe's still in it. He's still attached, so. I think he's the doctor. I mean, the professor. Professor. Oh, that's such a minor role. I think they were just giving him a nod, like a cameo. For Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah. Mm. Disappointed. We'll see how it goes. I don't feel a lot of excitement for any of these. (laughs) I know. It's kind of a... Here's the thing, though. I don't know if we'll feel it as much this year, but I feel like next year with the strike, I'm like, eventually, I think we are going to come into a bit of an entertainment drought. Yep. So could be a bit rough in the next two years entertainment wise so this is a perfect reason to start catching up on all of the years of cinema that exist in the past so maybe i'll finish my lists i'm so <laughs> close oh <gasps> so impressive all right well happy happy film retrospective and hope that there are good films ahead of us in 2024 that we are not even aware of yet unknown encounters with the unknown (laughs) (laughs) and stay tuned for the final film club of 2023 episode about tootsie that'll be coming out this month make sure you watch the haunted hotel from 1907 and the other one that i always forget the name of it's a george milliers so this the moon one the eclipse Uh, yeah and then it has a subtitle but anyway you took the words right out of my mouth pj I was like, oh no, this is just like, and I was going to say like a scene from Crash Landing on You, because I've uh-huh. been watching it that, and I was trying to say to my mom, like, it's just like that one guy who sacrificed himself. But my dad interrupted and said, Frosty the Snowman, <laughs> when Frosty <laughs> is melting in the greenhouse, <laughs> sacrificing himself for Karen. And I was like, wait, you're right. It's oh same. my gosh, I have literally no idea what, I don't think I've ever seen Frosty the Snowman. Oh, what? That At is- the end, Frosty... Oh, Karen doesn't want to be... Oh, Karen's too cold. But I don't know why one of them couldn't be outside one of them. Ins- oh, he traps Frosty in the greenhouse. Okay. And the bad guy traps Frosty in the greenhouse. And he melts. But I don't think he's sacrificing himself, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's similar. Um, Sorry. <laughs> what was that? Just some Instagram thing when I opened my phone, that's what opened up. It sounded like a sheep. <laughs> it did. It was a girl singing. Oh. <laughs> I'm with you now. Okay. <laughs> that was a little better. <laughs> okay, I'll see you in 10 minutes. I'll have to sing it softly. <laughs> it's like this is the range and you're just outside of it <laughs> what the range is i can't go that octave Lloyd. the next category is the film that made you cry the most Ooh, this one's at the bottom wait i think you're supposed to announce that actually i take it back the next category is the film that made you cry the most oh i had to impersonate <laughs> your your reaction